0: Coming up in Need to Know, Isaiah insists on celebrating these stars and stripes forever, but he also updates us on the happenings from that radical Supreme Court. In all the fields, it's time for us to stop telling people what to do with their own money. And in Gotta Do, we want you to write some good shit down as we announce our July Warden Webster Better You Book Club book. It's different, y'all. The podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your very best life. This right here is Warden Webster. Hello.
1: Hello, Bianca. How are you?
0: Blessed and sugar flavored. Um, Before we hit record, I said this is going to be a 30 minute show, but it's not. I'm, I might give the one who's a little bit of time. I am. I am. Woo! I'm tired over here in the country. But I'm good. This episode of Ward and Webster is brought to you by the letter P for pretty. I don't know why today. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. Today I received um, my new waist beads from our sister Zoha. Over there, Salt Pepper ketchup. So she does like amazing jewelry and crystal stuff and just adornments. And I bought some um, new waist beads recently and they came today and I slid those on. And I said, yes, bitch, you pretty. That's it. I don't know. Sometimes it's the little things that make you feel good. I also feel that way about fresh socks. Something about fresh socks just tickles my fancy. You probably feel that way about underwear. (laughs) <laughs> going back to episode one where we learned that that was your <laughs> your collection of choice we already
1: know that this is awful about underwear there will n- nothing will ever compare to pulling a fresh Whoop. unused pair of drawers out the pack or are cutting the little tag off and and pulling them over your ass for the first time let me just tell you nothing compares nothing compares <laughs> to, to that. you not even some What do we call them? Beads on your waist? Waist beads? Waist beads. By the way, Zoha's never sent me any waist beads. You know what? I'm going to
0: text her, right now. As you should. Get your things. She makes beautiful stuff. We're going to shout out uh, Zoha Means Light. I believe it's her website. We'll definitely. Are you giving
1: free commercials to people? I
0: am. That's our homegirl um, podcast, Salt Pepper Ketchup. This is um, why we
1: don't have any money because you keep, you
0: keep giving away the ad space. She could be buying 10 seconds of time. She sure could have, but I'm going to give it to her for free because uh, she's just dope. But she sells, she makes um, earrings and bracelets and, and crystal uh, necklaces and um, things for men's and waist beads. And she just does some really dope stuff. I've been wearing her beads for years, so. Thanks, Zoha, for making me feel pretty.
1: So this week, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences announced that they were giving an honorary Oscar to Angela Bassett. And the first thing I thought, are they just giving her this to make up for the fact that they gave that other woman the Oscar she should have gotten?
0: So when I saw this, I thought to myself, a similar situation. Like, what is this second place uh, little trophy. What is the... It feels very participation trophy. You know, like when little kids are like in little league and everybody, even the people who didn't win, we don't want to call them losers, but everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a ribbon. So I didn't know that this was really a thing. And I don't know how I feel about this. I, I, I want her to, even in the article, like they just talk about... Um, like what is it like a select few people like they decide who gets this where i think mel brooks has gotten in and somebody else but she has such an incredible body of work that uh, i don't i don't know an honorary oscar so
1: The honorary Oscars are given by the board of governors and they have a separate ceremony. So she won't receive this during the Oscar telecast. She's actually gonna get it during what they call the governor's awards, which will be this fall in LA. This is what uh, CNN reports about this. It says honorary Oscar statuettes are awarded to a select few recipients as voted on by the Academy Board of Governors for the annual governor's awards to honor those with extraordinary distinction and exceptional contribution to the film industry. So that's what it's for. It's for extraordinary distinction and exemplary or extraordinary contributions. Now, they've been doing this for years, Bianca, honorary Oscars have always been a thing, but normally they give them to people who are a little bit older, who maybe aren't going to be in the competitive Oscar field very much anymore. It's kind of like their way of honoring people usually before they pass away. So are they trying to tell us that they don't think Angela's going to be in the competitive field anymore? Like, are they doing this because they don't think that she can win an Oscar outright? I have mixed feelings about it, my damn self. Or do they just feel guilty that she didn't win?
0: (laughs) (coughs) I don't know. I I think she is still she's again been in this game a long time and her body of work continues to be amazing. So I don't see any I don't see Angela slowing down anytime soon. And Lord hope that she's not crossing over. But I didn't know that I didn't know this was a thing. I don't like the fact that it's not televised. I want her to have her full moment again. This feels I don't know. I don't know.
1: Earlier this week, there was also a health scare uh, dealing with Her Majesty Madonna. So let me just go ahead and first tell y'all all all that match is fine. And I have it on good authority that she was never actually even hospitalized. But before we get into that, I'm going to first read to you a statement from her manager. And then I'm going to tell I'm going to give you all some tea that I picked up from a source in Los Angeles. So just to give you the headline. Earlier this week, I believe it was on Wednesday, Madonna's manager said that she had been in the hospital and that they were going to have to delay her tour. I'm going to read you the statement, Bianca, that her manager put out on Wednesday. This is the full statement. Quote, on Saturday, June 24th, Madonna developed a serious bacterial infection, which led to a several day stay in ICU. Her health is improving. However, she is still under medical care. A full recovery is expected. At this time, we need to pause on all commitments, which includes the tour. We will share more details with you as soon as we have them, including a new start date for the tour and for any rescheduled shows, end quote. That's from Guy Orsay, her longtime manager. As most of the Wonders know, that Madonna is scheduled to start a tour next month in July. I think it was supposed to start On July 15th in Vancouver, Bianca and I are are recording, we recorded this show um, earlier this week. So some of this information may be a little bit dated, but on Wednesday, when her manager put out that statement, Bianca, he claimed that she'd been in ICU for quote unquote days. Now, before I get into what my source told me, when was the last time a celebrity had been in the hospital for days and TMZ didn't break the news to us?
0: Uh, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx okay. was in was in the ICU for weeks and t- it's it was his daughter that put out the statement. So TMZ is still, they still trying to figure out what happened.
1: Okay, that's a very good example. Now More let recent. me give you let me give you some tea from my source.
0: Come on with the source.
1: My sources in LA told me that last week in the walkthrough of the of the tour that Madonna has been rehearsing, she finally saw the whole thing staged and she hated it. In fact, she walked out of the walkthrough and threatened to cancel the entire tour. And according to this source, this happened last week, and that she was very unhappy about it. And so they needed to come up with some excuse to give her some time to fix the show. And so apparently, this story that her manager planted about her being in the hospital was just a cover story to give them time to delay the show and for her to rework it. That is what my source told me. What I said to this person, I said, well, this seems like an extreme thing to do, like to to Mm. frighten all of her fans by saying that she was in ICU and and the story says she was intubated and all of these things. And she was unresponsive. Unresponsive. And so that's what y'all are doing a lot if all she was was just mad about a bad rehearsal. But this person told me that she was actually never in the hospital. So we have what the manager says and we have what this source told me, a source that I trust and is well connected. And I will tell you this, Bianca, <laughs> as of this recording, the only firsthand information we have about her ever being in the hospital was from her manager. Mm. No journalist and no third party can actually place her in a hospital.
0: That is wild to me. I feel like that is that is elaborate. That is um. Cruel a little bit because you know uh you Madonna fans what does Madonna call her fans the babies I don't know what what the name is for the children uh, the children we don't need a
1: name We're, this isn't the beehive and all these other solutions which is right fans. Carrie has
0: the lambs. <laughs> You know, I'm sure they're ready to form prayer circles and carrying on for her. And so when I because when I saw that, I saw that right before you sent it to me um, about her being unresponsive, the bacterial infections and that knowing I know firsthand what bacterial infections can do to people. And so it didn't seem so her being in ICU because of that did not seem uh, like that seemed to make sense. But that is really elaborate for because what would she be doing all this time then? That's just weird. I don't know. That's weird to me she mad and she, and then they just put out these lies. Well, how do you know what? She, she do some next level. Shit, well, so.
1: supposedly <laughs> they wanted to, they needed a reason. They needed an excuse to delay the tour. And so they didn't want to just say we delayed it because we don't like the tour. Like they felt like they needed mm. a, a cover story that would be palatable to people where people wouldn't be clamoring for refunds. So look, when you mm. say that the star was ill, then mm-hmm. no one's going to be like, Oh, I want my money back. But when you say, oh, she was hospitalized. She was found unconscious. We need more time to pull it together. Nobody, no one's going to ask for their money back in that situation. They're going to give her whatever time she needs. So if she's actually retooling the show and she needs another month to pull it together.
0: But then unless you have people who are signing NDAs, there are clearly people on the inside that can, because the retooling of the show has to be happening. And so couldn't somebody from the inside be like, another source (laughs) be like yeah child when she was claiming she was in the hospital she had us in meetings all week
1: but they wouldn't know that if she if she stormed out of the Mm. walkthrough last week and they haven't seen her since Mm -hmm. then they don't know where she's been since since the weekend Mm -hmm. they only know that she stormed out last week they can't place her no one if no one can place her
0: since she stormed out (laughs) you know what (laughs) She can be <laughs> on a boat in the middle of the Mediterranean. Like who knows? But okay, that's she child. Shall...
1: Rest assured, I will keep y'all <laughs> updated right here. So stay <laughs> tuned to Warren Wester because you what? already know I watch this woman like a hawk. <laughs> <laughs> Tracing her whereabouts. <laughs> I will I will have the published accounts and the unpublished accounts of, of Madge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're moving on. In this week's Need to Know, we unpack the happenings at the Supreme Court. And I remind you that protest is the purest form of patriotism. Now, Bianca, I know that because Independence Day is next week that you're super excited. I can't wait to hear your plans. And I know you cannot wait for my annual sermon about patriotism, but we will get to that. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about this Supreme Court. Now, Again, we recorded this earlier in the week, earlier than usual, so there may be some late breaking developments from the Supreme Court that we're unaware of. For the purposes of this segment, I wanted to talk specifically, Bianca, about two cases that the Supreme Court decided recently regarding redistricting. The first one was from the state of Alabama. I linked the story here in our arc, and this one happened about a month ago. Actually, it was on June 8th. So on June 8th, this is the AP reporting here. The Supreme Court on Thursday issued a surprising 5-4 ruling in favor of Black voters in a congressional redistricting case from Alabama, with two conservative justices joining liberals in rejecting a Republican-led effort to weaken a landmark voting rights law. So earlier in June, the Supreme Court basically told Alabama that their maps that they were drawing in the state were racist, and that they needed to redraw them to make them more fair To black people in the state of Alabama so that was on June 8th and the important distinction about that case Bianca is that two of the conservative justices agreed in that instance that what was taking place in Alabama was um, was racist then Bianca earlier this week the court did it again they uh this time they dismissed a Louisiana appeal uh ruling that found that racial gerrymandering in Louisiana was unconstitutional and that the state needed to create another Black jurisdiction because they only had one. In other words, Louisiana had drawn their maps in a way where they had basically put all the Black voters in one congressional district, weakening their political power. And the Supreme Court was like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't put all the Black folks in one district and say you've done something. You have to have, they need a whole nother district because of of their sheer number. And so this time, three conservative justices sided with the three liberals. And in a 6-3 decision, they told Louisiana, you need to create a whole nother district that is majority Black because your map is racist. So in two instances, Bianca, in the last month, the Supreme Court has told the states that they are violating the Voting Rights Act and that they need to do better. This is shocking because this is the last thing you would expect from this Supreme Court, which has spent the better part of the last year trying to destroy the Voting Rights Act. And now all of a sudden they're telling the states they need to abide by it. I don't know what to make of this at all.
0: Because I was just going to ask you, like, what do you think that is? What do you think that's about? Because I would have expected it to go the other way because racism (laughs) Um, and the fact that if it went the other way, then it it leans in, leans on the Republicans' favor, leans in the Republicans' favor. So,
1: in the most recent case, the one they decided this week about Louisiana, the conservative justices that sided with the liberals were the Chief Justice John Roberts, Justice Kavanaugh, and Justice Amy Coney Barrett. I think you can look at it one of two ways: either they honestly believe these maps are just so gerrymandered that they can't stand, or they think that the Supreme Court should preserve its power to interfere in the future. So in other words, this week, the court basically told Louisiana, we don't like your maps. And at any point in time, we can tell you that we don't like your maps and we need to redraw them. The three conservatives who were in the dissent, so that would have been Alito, Gorsuch, and Thomas, they said the state should have the right to, do the, to draw the maps on their own and that the Supreme Court shouldn't be telling the states how to draw their maps. So here's what I think may be at play here. I think the Chief Justice, I think that Justice Kavanaugh and Justice Barrett, may have, they might be calculating that, okay, maybe it's in our best interest as an institution to say that the Supreme Court has final say on these maps so that in the future, if we want to interfere with the maps, we can interfere with the maps. In other words, if we tell the states that they have sole control of the maps, then we can't at any point in the future, trump them. You follow what I'm saying? Whereas if we, mm-hmm. if, whereas if we tell Louisiana, oh, your map isn't fair, then that means next week they could tell California, their map isn't fair. The week after uh, that, they could tell uh, Texas, their map isn't fair. They could tell any state, whatever they want to tell them that day. You with me? Yes. That is so So petty. That's the evil genius in what the conservative justices might be setting up here. They might be setting up the precedent to say the Supreme court has final say on the maps, not the States. And next time they might decide it in the other, in the
0: other direction. Mm-hmm. 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 Ooh, that's a level of, uh, fuckery and petty though. I don't, uh, do you think that, yeah, I don't even know how to wrap my head around it because I wasn't even thinking that way. Like, mm-hmm. That in the future they could use it, they could use it against us.
1: One hundred percent. Because if they were so concerned about the Boarding Rights Act they wouldn't have passed all of, they wouldn't have handed down all these decisions last year and the year before to weaken mm-hmm. it.
0: You know, right, and they've done right. that any
1: number of ways. They've come up with all these rules about early voting, about, mm-hmm. you know, what you can do in, what you can and cannot do as it relates to, to keeping the polls open and, and ballots and all this, all this stuff that they've done, IDs, all the rest. Mm-hmm. They have done everything they can to weaken the Voting Rights Act. So it's out of character that all of a sudden out of the blue, they would be concerned about Black folks not having enough representation in the state. They've never cared about that before. Never
0: cared. (laughs) We're very clear that they didn't care about that before.
1: Sometimes I think the court gives us crumbs so that they can take the cake. So you know they're considering this affirmative action case. And basically, they're going to decide whether or not affirmative action is legal or not. Mm -hmm. And again, they may hand down the case by the time this show comes out. And if they do, we will revisit this topic next week. So Bianca, they could be saying, okay, we're going to give you all these little state rulings because what we're really going to do is outlaw affirmative action by the end of the week because that's what they really care about. So then you and I can't come to the mic and call them racist because then they're going to say, well, Isaiah and Bianca, we gave you the Louisiana and Alabama, so you can't Mm -hmm. have everything.
0: You see what i We I'm let saying? your Blacks vote. Exactly. <laughs> We're not going to let them go to college too. Stop that part.
1: <laughs> so that could be a part of their calculus too.
0: That, I can't even, I, I, I'm, I'm still baffled by the fact that we are here, that, that we are here, that affirmative action is even up for discussion. The things that they are getting ready to, the upcoming decisions, they're like, nope. Nothing for you Blacks. Well, maybe a little bit of voting. We're going to give you all that a little bit, but we're going to just affirmative action and also for the you gays (laughs) cannot do business with with the Christians uh, or the Christians don't have to do business with you. And there's another case that they're ruling on about a man not wanting to work on Sundays. Because of religion, it. yes. There's there's another there's another case also about this man saying that him having to work on Sundays goes against his religious beliefs or something to that effect. I I'll, I'll find out more information. But if y'all want to work us on Sundays, work at Chick Fil A or Hobby Lobby. They're well, not even know, I on Sundays. The- Exactly. And I think I, I was
1: vaguely familiar with this case, and I think I just forgot it because it to my mind Bianca, That's so silly and foolish. Like there's so many places you can work. There's so many companies you can work for. You can literally pick a company who has values that align with yours. So like, I don't, why would you do that? Like if the company, if they if the company does business on a certain day that you don't want to work at, then just go work somewhere where they it. Oh,
0: it's he's the um the mailman. It's the post office, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm.
1: Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. No, but you're right. Carry on.
1: So um, I will share these stories um, about these two cases. And of course, we will revisit the affirmative action case once it's decided I expect them to rule against affirmative action. But Bianca, I will say this. If they come down with an affirmative action decision that's in our favor, then we will really be they will really be on a roll. And then we will have to reevaluate what this court is all about, because they will truly at that point be act be acting counter to how we've known them to be. Up to this point. And then at that point, maybe we can think about oh, is the court trying to like reposition itself in kind of like the American political space? Because I would be stunned. I would truly be stunned if they upheld affirmative action because it looks, it's, it looked for the world like they're going to strike that down. So we we will definitely see on that part. Now let's get into this July 4th. Now, Bianca, I know that you don't celebrate July 4th. And you know what? I feel like I've dragged you on that point so many times. We don't have to do all that today. I was having this conversation with Ed recently over dinner, talking about my patriotism and talking about, you know, where that comes from and the why and the da-da-da-da-da. And we had gotten off to talking about the Supreme Court and just politics in general. And I think the most salient point I could make on that is that even if you don't like the way the country is now, our ability to protest, our ability to have a voice, our our ability to, to take our grievances to the government In my view, those are reasons to celebrate the 4th of July and a reason to be patriotic. And I think that we get to define for ourselves what patriotism is. The point I made to, and the point I wanted to share with you and the wonders, conservatives and bigots, let me, I'm going to lump them together for the purposes of this conversation. this is no surprise to you, Bianca. They like to other us. And by other us, I mean, they like to make all these stories about how we're not true Americans are, how we're less than Americans are, you know, all these sorts of things. And so when we as people of color when we as, you know, queer people, when we don't hug the American flag, when we don't hug to American ideals, they take any protest or any dissent from our quarters to say, see, see, they're not really Americans. They're not really us. They're they're other. I saw some story just this week about how Barack Obama is not really American. Some idiot from Fox was saying this. And it's just, after all these years, we're still dealing with this silliness. But my point is, is that Protesting the country is probably the most patriotic thing you can do. And so even if you don't have anything positive to say about the country, your ability to protest and to hold accountable is in and of itself patriotism, in my view. And I think redefining what patriotism is for our purposes is important for people who really think bigger than what the country is now is important to do. So on this Independence Day, I want to remind the wonders of that that you can define patriotism for your own purposes in any way you want because that is your right as an American. You can say what you want about this government. You can protest this government. And in a lot of countries, they can't do that. In Russia, the people that are protesting that war are arrested. In Uganda, the men who, who hold the hands of their partners are executed. And so I think that it is very important to keep those things in mind on this Independence Day. Ms. Ward.
0: Yes. Yes. And (laughs) because yes, yes. And yes, we have the right to protest. And and that is huge. But at the same time, for me, it is frustrating as fuck the fact the things that we have to protest. So we are protesting because our black bodies are not safe we are protesting because our children our black children are getting shot by white men who claim they thought they were being robbed it's it's there's so many things we we have to protest because the supreme court is telling us what we can and cannot do with our bodies so yes protest i mean shoot, go back to civil rights all of the protests because we were oh, we were seen as less than and literally being lynched and still being lynched today right so yes protest however comma (laughs) the reasons that we have to protest are heartbreaking as fuck that's all I got and 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 it's (sighs) I never realized how much white people love that their American flag especially on their body again when I was down in (laughs) Massanutten. And we went to the water park. And I texted our um, our good, good girlfriends, Rosie and Angela in Watsua. And I was like, they are covered in this uh, American flag swimwear. I saw Amer- more American flag um, swim trunks and bikinis and Jesus tattoos for some reason. They also love that they're Jesus tattooed on their body and four pickup trucks. And I don't want to stereotype <laughs> but I was also in, you know, I'm in the, it was the Commonwealth. Also, as I mentioned last time, Confederate flags and Dukes of Hazard restaurants. So I just, there's so many things that just, just, I don't, it, it won't be me. It won't be me and mine. And maybe that's our protest.
1: You know what? And I support that. I refuse to turn the American flag over to a certain segment of Americans, that flag belongs to all of us. As a matter of fact, you could argue that it belongs more to people of color, to the people who built the mm. fucking capital, the slaves that built that capital, that unpaid for labor is worthy of recognition. It's worthy to be called out. It is, it is worthy of patriotism because for, for the people who could not vote, for the people who, for, for all those rights that were not accounted for, and for all the rights we still don't have, that to me, it's worthy of patriotism. And so that's that's just where I stand on it. But this is not to convince you. This is just a, this is your yearly reminder. And next year I'll be right <laughs> up here at this microphone, God willing, telling y'all once again to celebrate the Fourth of July because that's what you should do as an American. We're moving on.
0: <laughs> I wish they could see my face. <laughs> I wish they could see my face. In the year of our Lord 2023, we're still out here telling people how they should spend their money. What is that about? So it's not even money, May, but I just been having a lot of thoughts. So, so last week, five men went into a submersive, submersible, the term, to see the Titanic, and in a vessel that was not built for what they were going down there to do. It was not, it was not built for that. Um, and they lost their lives. What kept coming up a lot, like on my timeline and stuff is the fact that they spent $250,000 a piece for this, for this ride, which is mind blowing to me. But also I, 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 can't, I can't fathom spending that kind of money. I don't have that kind of money to spend, right? But it came up so often about how rich people are spending their money on dumb shit and then look, but they have it to spend. Whereas also coming up all the other things that could have been done with that kind of money, of course, sure. But it makes me think like we do that a lot in terms of telling people the wealthy or or the people who lack resources, because I see every year around um, around April 15th, around tax refund time, I see all of these posts about, you know, instead of spending your tax, usually directed at Black people, instead of spending your refund on, I don't know, RIMS and TIMS, get with four of your um, friends and get a down payment on a building and you guys could be this and this and this, or instead of spending it on, a purse. You can get your LLC. And why are we always telling people, people who have money or people who don't, how they should and should not spend their money? And I'm fascinated by that because I feel like it's a tale as old as time, even with church or wherever folks are giving their tithes, their offerings, how we shouldn't do that. And, you know, the pastor's just using it for, I don't know, airplanes and shit. I don't know because that happens. But who are we? Like nobody's coming in my house telling me I shouldn't be spending my money on Amazon. No, my husband tells me I shouldn't spend money on Amazon. So <laughs> let me correct that. But what do you think that that's about? Is Especially, I am now convinced clearly that, that that wealthy 1%, that their money ain't trickling down to us. They don't have to pay no taxes. They doing whatever the hell they want to do anyway. So it's not trickling down to people who need it. So why continue to tell them what they should and should not do? So first, I
1: think all things are relative. One of the <laughs> one of the first most important lessons I learned in my formative years, and by that I mean, you and I aren't spending two hundred fifty thousand dollars on a on a ride on a submersible for a variety of reasons, but chief among them, we don't have that kind of money. But if we did have that kind of money, then we would waste that kind of money. So I think everyone wastes money based on what they what their worth is. And so I waste money on certain things within my budget plan. So I can't waste $250,000 on a trip to the Titanic, but I can waste $500 on a plane ticket to somewhere else I don't need to be. You know what I mean? And so we I feel like we all waste money on stuff. The question becomes if if it's your money and you earned it through your own labor and nothing you're doing is illegal with said money, why does anyone else need to fix their mouth to really tell you anything about it? Now, look, y'all will never catch me on any type. What, what was it called? Titan submersive. I am never going under anybody's waters to anybody's no. Titanic. No and no. Mm-mm. Because that already sounds like a setup. But hey, hey girl, hey, if you want to go on down to the Titanic and join the rest of them in, your, in a water grave, you do you sis. I'm not trying to stop you because it's really none of my business and you're really not harming nobody but your damn self. So do it until you're satisfied. And I think there was, I read some stories about how they were taking shortcuts and it really wasn't, the vessel wasn't really, equi- I don't even know. It but was it just,
0: not equipped for that. It, yep. it sounds
1: horrible, mm-hmm. but here's the thing. It was their money. It mm-hmm. was their business. It was their lives. And so do you in the same way that I'm not going to tell you anything about, you know, giving Jeff Bezos all your money. because <laughs> there's, there's, there's an editorial in there somewhere. <laughs> I'm not even going to do that, Bianca. You're a grown woman. You work hard every day. You get to decide what you want to do. But I don't know where it comes from. But I think part of it might be jealousy. Part of it might be the idea, if it's not jealousy, it's the idea that we all have the same set of morals. And so, you know, you see this a lot in religion. People always say, oh, the Bible says this, the Bible says that. And I'm like, okay, so sure, the Bible can say a lot of things, but no one has to live their life by your morals. So it does So what the Bible says is irrelevant to people outside of your household or outside of you. So when you're talking to another person, it doesn't matter what the Bible says because what you're really using is the Bible as a as a stand-in for your morals, and you're trying to get other people to live by your morals, and you really shouldn't do that. And I think when it comes to the whole money thing, it's the same thing. It's like, well, I would I would never spend two hundred fifty thousand dollars to ride on this submersible, and I can't imagine why anyone else would want to do that either. So I'm gonna go off on this rant about how that's a waste of money. Well, who cares what I think? It's not
0: my money. It's not it, it's not my money. Full stop. One of the things that I did realize and was seeing a lot of posts about and just commentary which I do think is true though, that if the the men in the submersible were not wealthy, there would not be that type of I mean effort that cost money (laughs) okay taxpayer dollars or whatever it was in order to find them they were bringing in ships and sonar and radar detectors from all over the world just all of all of this this effort and so there was a lot of commentary like you know if if they would have been poor and black Nobody would be looking for them or what? just the fact that money, them having that kind of money, that wealth, that access also makes a difference. Was but was
1: the rescue effort privately funded or were they know. using taxpayer dollars?
0: I think that makes a so difference. Yeah, true. Cause then I'm paying for it.
1: Right. So if, so if, the, if it's, so in other words, they went down there on their own dime, it is quite mm-hmm. possible that the company that funds this are the are the entities that this conglomerate is a part of was like okay we're trying to find them we will we will pay for all this extra equipment all these extra man hours to go down there and search for them that is a different conversation because if it's not going to cost the taxpayer anything then if it's privately funded it is privately funded and i don't know i didn't look it up so i don't know who's footing the bill for that search and rescue mm. but i will say this i saw a lot of um you know, commentary this week about how there was a I think I don't know how many people, but a boat had sank with mm-hmm. hundreds of people on it and there it Refugee. was hardly it hardly made a headline on the news. Mm-hmm. But then these five people got lost on this basically a joyride and and it was on the front page. There's a separate commentary to make about how news becomes news and why we pay attention to certain things. And y'all already know, look, I'm just going to keep it real here. Something happens to white folks it's, it's always going to be news. Some little white girl gets snatched. You can best believe it's going to be on the front page. Black children get snatched every day and no one says no. boo. That is just, that is America. And I've already, and in the last segment, I was talking about being patriotism. But at the same time, we have to acknowledge that this is just the fucked up way that society works. Mm-hmm,
0: absolutely. Because I see Again, don't. We're not going to judge me on this Facebook, but I see posts all the time of, you know, in my community or across the country of black children that are missing, that are like, "Hey, keep an eye out. This is the child we're looking for, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. They never make it into Good Morning America. It's never. It's 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 not that. It is. I will never forget how many weeks Natalie Holloway may she rest. But weeks, months, lifetime movies, and all of that for that young white girl in in Aruba. Okay?
1: (laughs) The answer, but we know the why. It goes back to who controls the media, who controls Uh the television stations, who controls, you know... I studied journalism when I went to college and I would always tell people, it's very important for people of color to pursue these types of careers because when it's time to cover the news, we want people from our communities covering the news. When was the last time um, a child in your neighborhood was like, when I grew up, I want to be a reporter. I want to be like a news person. Like that's what it's going to take because you start out being a reporter, then you move up to being an editor, then you move up to someone that's running the, the network. And then that person gets to decide, what they cover, where they, where they invest the resources. But if, but if we're not in any of those spaces, then, then that's, that's how you end up with what you end up with.
0: I just um, not just cause I finished it a few weeks ago, Jamel Hill's book uphill. Oh, so
1: Love her. Good. Love her. <laughs> She's a member of the 49 faithful. If you didn't know.
0: I, that's footy ball, I guess. Love her. Her story is phenomenal. She just, I mean, but, um, you know, she talks about just making a way in journalism and what that's like and kind of how she, the Black journalists that helped pave the way for her and then how she's also doing that, how she has been doing that for other Black journalists, especially like in sports and and women in sports. But she, that's another day, another topic, but she is phenomenal every day. But I say all this to say, on any given day, I might have $2.62 in my bank account. And if I decide to, I don't know, spend that on an edible thong and that's it. <laughs> it's still my $2.62 to spend. I think it's just really, I think it's, it's really interesting. I think especially we love to tell people who have less money, especially how they should and should not spend their money. We love to tell people, and I'm going to use Mahala's words, um, under-resourced communities, how they should and should not spend the little bit of money that they have.
1: Can you give me an example? I, I have one, but I want, to, I want to hear one from your lips. I have a classic one. Uh,
0: c- come with your classic one first.
1: People who can't afford to be in the casino or buying a lot of tickets, Ooh. buying a lot of tickets are in the casino. Now, in the context of this conversation, what would be your message to them? Because we already know. You and I know that those, those lotto tickets and those casinos are literally, it's a scam. You're not gonna, you're, not gonna, you're just giving them your money. So then what, mm-hmm. is your, what, is your, what is your message to those type folks?
0: It's their money. It's their money. The same way about for people who are spending $20 a pack on cigarettes.
1: Well, I guess addiction is addiction. It, but, okay. <laughs> but again, I, so here's my thing. Here's the message I would give to them. There are certain systems in society that are built to keep poor people poor and what you don't realize is that the only people spending money on these lotto tickets are people who are resource limited rich folks ain't giving the lotto their money that's why they're rich okay so so while you can do what you want to do with your money i i need you to understand that these sorts of enterprises are built on the backs
0: of people with limited means. Mm -hmm. And maybe that would, maybe that would shift the way they think about it. Perhaps. Or some folks are like, it's just going to be that one scratch off and I'm going to be on the next episode of My Lottery Dream Home. Have you ever seen My Lottery Dream Home? Never heard of it. Okay, never mind. It's on HGTV. Anyway, people are always getting money off the scratchers. And and maybe they will.
1: Maybe maybe they will scratch it off and win a a billion dollars. But 99.9% of people spend hundreds of dollars Mm -hmm. over the course of, over over the
0: course of years to win nothing. Mm-hmm. It's the um, elders in the casino at the slot machines um, and their poor oxygen tanks, my word. <laughs> but they said, hey, this is how I am going to spend have- my, my days. I was just in Vegas a few weeks ago,
1: Bianca. Oh. I lost count of the people on walkers, in wheelchairs, looked like they were wearing rags you know, just not, didn't look healthy, plastic skin, over obese, but they were in the casino putting their money into these slot machines, trying to like hit the jackpot. And meanwhile, the Bellagio's got, you know, gold tinted walls and all this other bullshit because they're just taking all of our money and building it higher and higher into the sky. And I'm just like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, wealth in here that they're just contributing collectively to the Las Vegas Strip. They not, and even and even when you win hundred dollars here, hundred dollars there, that's that's nothing to these casinos.
0: They're making billions of dollars. That's why they pay for you to come. <laughs> when uh, I mentioned it, when you told me. When I was talking about the slot machines and the husband going to Vegas, I mean, not Vegas, husband and I going to Atlantic City back in the day, and like every month we would get these emails about a free night on us. And, and we'd be like, oh, okay, or two free nights and dinner. Yes, but it's not free because I'm putting my, but then by that point we had gotten a little bit more disciplined. And we we're like, we're going to take this free night and no, we're not giving you, we're not giving you our money. We're getting there. Growth.
1: You put a bullet in here the money we give to churches. I am not letting you leave this segment without commenting on that because I'm curious as to why you included that bullet here. Was there a thought you wanted to convey to the wonders?
0: I did. I mentioned going woman. No, I did. I mentioned that already that we also give money. You know, people will say that we shouldn't give money or what is the church doing with the money? Are they buying planes? Are they these never ending building funds? What's happening with it? And that's true. And also, folks might be putting their last dime into that collection plate. Um, And we're telling, you know, sometimes people are telling them that they shouldn't. But once again, who are we to tell people what to do with their money?
1: Do you give 10% of all of your earnings to your church? I do not. Is it under 10 or over 10? Because maybe you give 20. (laughs) I do not. (laughs) So I I have some friends who are Mormon. Did you know in order to stay in good standing with the Mormon church, you must keep up to date on your payments and that they get their payments from you direct deposit from your check before. In other words, it doesn't even come into your hands. It goes directly from. Your
0: taxes,
1: (laughs) social security, Medicare and the Mormon stuff about you giving them the money each month or each whatever. They just take it right off the top. Now, that's that's crazy.
0: And if you don't
1: and if you don't give it, they will they'll kick you out.
0: That's deep. That that is deep. I did not know that they said we want our 10 percent off top biblical principles. But I mean most
1: churches ask for a certain amount, but I mm-hmm. I was surprised to hear that if you didn't give the certain amount, that right. they basically downgrade you into like another class of membership. Like you're not a full member unless you give them their 10% on time fully throughout the year. What if you don't have the 10% to give? I, I now look, I'm not Mormon, I'm not that <laughs> deep in this. In <laughs> I'm not at the tabernacle, so I don't know. But I, I do know that if you're able to give the 10, for mm-hmm. sure, if you're able to give the 10%, you have the means and you don't, they downgrade you.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. And that would be interesting if I, I don't know what church you go to, but it would be interesting at your church if they were like, well, Miss Ward, we've downgraded you to, I don't know, the B list because <laughs> you have the means to give us 10%. And you're only giving us five. So we're downgrading you. That's like, that's a whole nother experience because mm-hmm. I, I do think, you know, it costs to run a church. Obviously there's, there's a physical, usually there's a physical building. There's, there's, there's expenses. So I get it. Is it fair that some members are, are bearing those costs and some aren't? Like, I don't know what's quote unquote fair, but at the end of the day, I do know this, your spirituality, your worship shouldn't, shouldn't be tied to your ability to give money. Cause that's absolutely not what God that is. Part, that,
0: that, that part,
1: maybe we can meet, um, in a in a collectively owned space maybe we don't need some big pretty church and ooh what we didn't get into is the is the materialism that's that has that is really centered in a lot of churches in roman catholic churches in in, in mm-hmm. particular i don't know if you've ever been to the vatican into the into st peter's basilica i don't even know how much it costs just walking in there you it just you, you could just tell it's just money on top of money on top of money i don't know what that's about really because They could sell off all that stuff and do all sorts of good throughout the entire world. So, and that's, that's the most extreme example, but even right here in our own communities, we see these huge churches all built Mm -hmm. up, these buildings that look like, you know, I don't know, mansions next to mansions. And I'm like, but do you really need that? Because I don't Mm -hmm. think that that's really what the Christ that you say you're worshiping is, was really all about.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. And then how are you, what are you doing for, to support the community that you're in? Because you have this big, beautiful building, but what are you doing outside of those walls to, to impact folks? And wasn't there at one point, um, I don't know if it was the Catholics, now I'm trying to dig back into my history, but um, they had to, some of that money was telling people that they had to pay in order to get into heaven. I think historically, like that's that was a a thing too. I had listened to you know what? Nope, because rabbit hole. Nope, (laughs) rabbit hole. But I've mentioned on this show um, that I really like the Sanctified podcast again under Jamel Hill's uh, Unbothered Network. She's a gift. But on an episode of Sanctified, it was about it was just it was talking about some of the financial abuse that folks were experiencing in the black church and how, you know, you couldn't get certain level of prayer if you weren't tithing enough or if you weren't putting yeah, you know, and I'm like
1: you know what, you know what models I like? There's not very many of these, but there are some models where the minister or the pastor takes no salary at all. They just do it, they volunteer their time. Now that I like because if you're doing it for nothing, now I know that you're not in it for the money. I want to see you work A full time job, just like the rest of us. And on Sunday, you come and you come and give us come and give us a word. You don't need no Mm -hmm. money for that. Mm -hmm. Why do you need why Why is why is why is spreading the gospel a full time job where you
0: get a paycheck?
1: What is that about?
0: I guess if you are, but usually you have a team. Like a lot of churches, it's not just you doing it.
1: On May Greenleaf, you see, you're gonna justify it. (laughs)
0: Oh, like a green leaf.
1: That's a whole context, nope. right? Nope, there. nope, nope. That's what we're trying to move away from. Oh my gosh, moving
0: along. <laughs> I am excited to announce our July Ward and Webster Better You Book Club book, and this Time month. We're gonna...
1: I was not given an opportunity. To weigh in and review and consult with you on this book before you and I, are you really going to announce this book to the wonders without even asking me if I want to read it? So the first. Yeah, this is you are really out of bounds this month. Last month, last month, I, <laughs> I didn't have
0: time. I didn't have time to get you to weigh in. Well, I hope I like it. Go on. It's something different. So it's really it's it's literally called "Find Your Fucking Happy," a journal to help you pave the way for positive shit ahead by Monica Sweeney. And also it's, this is the, one of the first books that I've ever picked that's not by a black person. So let's, I wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something light. I wanted to do something just different because one it's summer, July, I think it's like 24th or something like that. It's like self-care or self love day or whatever whatever so I wanted to do something in that vein so let me just read the description embark on a glittering journey of self-expression and find your fucking happy along your trek shed the weight of other people's bullshit and fill your soul with a fresh fucking perspective take stock of the beauty that surrounds you and embrace the shitload of spectacular opportunities ahead on each page of this delightfully profane journal, you can scribble away negativity and open your arms wide to the positivity you deserve. Give your spirit a boost with a down to earth approach to mindfulness journaling. It says, explore a fuck ton. <laughs> Of funny and thoughtful journal ideas, give the negativity around you a swift kick in the butt, pop a cork of bubbly emotions, and celebrate the good shit around you. I wanted us to, I wanted to pick a book that wasn't quite a book. I kind of wanted an activity, something that we could do over the 30 days, that the Wonders could do over the 30 days and just kind of reflect on later. We've mentioned journaling and the benefits of journaling on the show a few times. So I was like, let's, let's do, let's do something a little different. And this really stuck out to me because we love to cuss here. And this whole, (laughs) this journal is literally um, cussing away the negative bullshit. The journal prompts are very cute. So I figured we could just take the month, do, you know, fill out some of the entries that speak to us, how are we, how are we loving ourselves in the month of July? And then just come back and reflect at the end of the month. So this is something different. So wonders, this is not the typical read all the way through. And and we discuss later, this is an activity. This is about being intentional. And I've been wanting to do more journaling. It's something I used to do a lot and I've gotten away from. And so I think that this, this could be something cute to bring me back. You're welcome.
1: Okay, so let's start here. I'm revoking your BIPOC card because you picked a book by a white woman. Uh, let's start um, there. What, what, why? Walk me through the why of that.
0: I was looking for, okay, so I was actually going to choose how to heal. No, I don't even want to mention it because I might want to choose it later. But I really wanted to do a book. It's called I Affirm, I think, by Alex L., And it's also like a very like self love, self care, devotional type of journaling process. And she is a black woman and I think local, I think she's in the DMV and I was like, okay. But then I was like, I don't want, I don't want anything that deep. I wanted just a little bit of foolishness and ratchetry. And unfortunately I couldn't find one that was written by somebody black.
1: How many pages is it? And is this available on our electronic devices?
0: You can't journal on your electronic device. I okay, mean, okay,
1: Fair. Well, I can't mind because I have I have a, a pad that will allow me to do that. And I even have oh, a
0: pencil. Probably, but you know, yeah, you know, I'm fancy over here. But <laughs> how long is it? It is, I think it's like 158 pages. Again, okay. the the goal is not to do every single one, right? I I I wonders. What you gotta do this month is take some mm. time if you choose to to journal go on this journaling journey with us for the month of july journaling in july oh that's cute <laughs> go ahead and fill out the prompts that speak to you use Could this they book journal on tool. patriotism in july <gasps> that would be a great thing to do here we go i'm sure that's you know what it probably is one of the prompts i don't know it's written by a white woman so <laughs> Let's. We're very, we're very cute. And I, once again, I like how much cussing is in the book throughout it's colorful. It's fun. It feels like summer. Come on journaling July.
1: Okay. The book is called find your fucking happy. A journal to help pave the way for positive shit ahead by Monica Sweeney. We'll be reviewing the book on July 29th. Let's recap. So today, I gave you some tea about Madonna. I'll keep you updated. We dropped some intel about the Supreme Court. Once again, we'll keep you updated. Are they really trying to do something for the Blacks? Or are they just setting us up to pull the rug from under us? By this time next week, we'll know the answer. Also, a reminder that Independence Day is next week. Be sure to celebrate America. Be sure to celebrate you. Remember that you can redefine what patriotism is and lean into that. That flag is for all of us, not just for white people in, what's it called that place you went?
0: Mathesonetton.
1: That place. And despite Bianca's negativity, patriotism is what you should do. That's what you got to do. And also she picked the book by a white woman of all people. <laughs> Shocker, I know. But find your fucking happy Monica Sweeney, read it. It's our July selection for the Warden Webster Better You Book Club. Also, a reminder, we're going to have a segment of Wanderisms on July 29th. That's the segment where we basically respond to viewer mail and suggestions and da-da-da-da-da. So if you have something on your heart, if you have a question, a comment, a complaint about Ms. Ward, send it to wardenwebster at gmail.com, and we will cover it on July 29th. That's the fifth Saturday, and whenever we have a fifth Saturday, we have a Wanderisms segment. Also, a few weeks back, we asked for your input. The Black Podcasting Awards are coming up. Should we enter? Let us know what categories you think we should maybe consider putting in our names and nomination, the nominations are $40 per. So we're probably going to be one or two of those. Once again, drop us an email or let us know if you think we should enter. You can uh, Google black podcasting awards to see the categories. There was like, Bianca, I want to say like 20 different categories. I'm thinking we should enter the best duo because people seem to think that we have chemistry here. So, I mean, I don't know why, but sure, what do we it's have obvious. to lose other than $40? Oh, and if y'all want to sponsor us, You can cash app, Bianca, because I don't use cash app. Be sure to like, (laughs) share, and comment on the content of this show, wherever you listen to podcasts, and be sure to like us and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. It's what you got to do. And you can find new episodes of this show almost every Saturday morning at wardenwebster.com. And if you need to write that down, that's wardenwebster.com. Why you laugh?
0: you're slick with the almost every Saturday morning look well they're... you know
1: sometimes you're absent I mean I have perfect attendance you you don't but you know what we did that last week we don't have to do that today we Let's don't just... <laughs> we don't <laughs> and you didn't do it but I'm gonna do it for you happy half birthday Bianca I'm so <gasps> shocked that you did not <laughs> oh,
0: <my> <laughs> oh my god it's because it's because we're recording early you know, did it is you oh don't deserve God. it. Oh you didn't deserve God. it. You
1: didn't deserve it, but I gave it to you anyway.
0: 40 and maybe, a half?
1: Maybe you'll show up next week.
0: Just for that, because I'm gonna tell you how I celebrated my half birthday. Because I'm going to. Not a soul cares.
1: Hey <laughs> absolutely. I'm Isaiah Webster.
0: Oh my gosh. I am Bianca 40 and a half Ward. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And we are out you. <laughs>